Why, hello there, baseball fans. I hope you've all had a lovely and wonderful Father's Day weekend. I know that I have. I just got back from LBI. For all of you who don't know, that's Long Beach Island in New Jersey. Amazing weekend. But now it's Monday morning, you're heading into the office, and you're thinking to yourself, Houston, we have a problem. Because you aren't up to speed on what happened in baseball this week. Well, get this. If you're a space shuttle spiraling out of control, then we're a carbon dioxide filter thrown together with a sock, a funnel, and some duct tape. This is rounding third. Uh, This is Houston. Uh, Say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. guess what? It's definitely warranted. Usually, baseball provides us with almost endless summer entertainment, with usually about a dozen games on per night and hours of viewing coverage. There's really no shortage of storylines. Then there's the magic of baseball itself and why we all enjoy watching. There is rich history, zany characters, Endless statistics, trades, and drama between and within teams all on the field. Keeping the stories on the field has been one of Major League Baseball's greatest accomplishments of the last couple of decades. There really haven't been any ridiculous scandals to taint the game. There isn't an organization in baseball like, uh, I don't know, the Patriots, who keep freaking winning and yet every few years have some asinine cheating scandal like Spygate or Deflategate until, wait for it, oh yeah, now. News broke that the St. Louis Cardinals, currently the best team in the majors, hacked into the Houston Astros database and stole information on prospects, injuries, trade negotiations, and even player personalities this past week. This was apparently a big enough deal that the FBI got involved to investigate whether or not it was true. Now, before you entertain ideas of Edward Snowden sitting in a Russian brothel pilfering through sabermetrics to help his team get a solid edge, let me explain how they did it. Because (laughs) it's really, really cute. Uh, Let's see. Well, this all goes back to 2011 when the Cardinals had a guy named Jeff Lunau running their player development department and kept all these similar files. Then the Astros, who are parentally terrible, hired Lanau from the Cardinals to be their general manager. According to multiple sources, including GeekWire.com, Lanau used the same master passwords he had used while working for the Cardinals as his master passwords for the Houston Astros. Not only that, but it would seem he went literally years without updating them once. So... I will clarify, using the same old password to gain access to some new system isn't technically legal, 
just like how it wouldn't be legal to let myself into my parents' old house and eat all of the food in the fridge if the new residents never bothered to change the locks. But it does make it, well, avoidable? Kind of their fault? The Cardinals made short work of the FBI investigation by admitting that they did it on Thursday. Cardinals owner Bill DeWitt Jr. acknowledged that there had been roguish behavior and then casually said, those responsible will be held accountable. Talk about an inspiring speech. Woo, golf clap. Ironically, the final thing to come to light about this story is that due to the bylaws written into each baseball team's commission, one team can't sue another. So that means that the Astros' best hope for revenge will lie in the hands of the same arbiter who hemmed and hawed about whether or not Alex Rodriguez, who, uh, by the way, got his 3,000th hit this week. Ooh. Yeah, the same arbiter who decided whether Alex Rodriguez should get paid for his season of doing nothing after being a rotten cheater. And if that's really their best shot at recourse... Well then, Houston, we have a problem. May oh, oh, maybe Pete Rose could be reinstated to baseball and be forced to be Houston's arbiter. That would be exciting. As if one technology-related black eye wasn't enough for Major League Baseball this week, there was another thing that was sort of hacked, except there's even more emphasis on the sort of here. This time, it was the All-Star Game ballot. Professional sports all-star games have a long, proud history of not really mattering. The NFL's all-star game matters so little that they actually exclude the very best players from playing in it, lest they get hurt. And to make things less exciting, they completely change the rules so that players aren't actually playing the game which they normally get paid to play. But Major League Baseball, to become the black sheep of the sports world by making their all-star game mean something in 2012, it determines who has home field advantage in that year's World Series. And while that sounds kind of neat, it made some of its previously innocuous details become problematic. Namely, 25% of the players go get the honor of being an all-star are chosen by the fans. Well, that's nice. It's an issue because Major League Baseball has done a terrible job in determining if any one person is voting six million times. As a result, eight members of the Kansas City Royals were leading the ballots to start the All-Star game, including Omar Infante at second base, who is currently one of baseball's worst hitters. Royals fans accomplished this task by exploiting the online voting system, which limits people to 35 votes per day. By using systems like Gmail 2 and Google Chrome to mask their IP addresses or multiply their email address within the voting system so it didn't recognize that more votes were being cast than those that were allowed. After the crack in the system was discovered, fans took to websites like crowncraze.com Oh yes, a Royals fan site since 2015, and gave detailed instructions on how to keep constantly voting for their beloved Royals players. When MLB found out it was being outsmarted, 
they were forced to retract the hanging Chad votes, and Bob Bowman, MLB's CEO for Advanced Media, was interviewed and said his reasoning for sweeping this story under the rug was so it didn't attract attention for others to do it. Well, certainly not because it was an embarrassing story that would get him in trouble. So that's it for this week's review of MLB's Unsuccessful Guide to Running a Computer Network. I don't want to overstep my punditry here, but I think there's a recurring theme in these past two stories. So instead of me saying it, running the risk of tarnishing my good name and the name of Rounding Third... I'm going to bring on my little buddy, Gavin Jenkins, who was on a couple weeks ago, to say what I think everyone else is thinking. Gavin, what is the theme here? Bill Belichick did it. What? Gavin, are you really saying that the New England Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick, is responsible for both hacking the Houston Astros and the All-Star game? Y-E-S. Gavin, are, are you serious here? Bill Belichick from the NFL. Yep. I'll give it to you, buddy. Well, you heard it here from Gavin. Not from me, but from my buddy. But the solution? Oh, I think we need to go back to the All-Star game not mattering. Because let's face it, even though it determines home field advantage in the World Series, it's still kind of boring to watch. Gavin, do you agree? Yes. There you go. For Y-E-S. There you go. Gavin Jenkins is definitely going to be a recurring guest on Rounding Third throughout the season. The joy that he brings me and what he brings to this podcast, I love it. Okay, so as some of you may remember, Rounding Third was co-written and co-produced by Kate Hunts and David A. Robbins at the beginning of the season. Not too long ago... Unfortunately, we parted ways with Kate when she became a full-time employee of the Oakland Athletics in their marketing department. Kate authored some of our favorite stories, including the one where we talked about baseball's wackiest promotions, like DJ Kitty Cat Bag, DJ Kitty Cat Bag, DJ Kitty Cat Bag, and don't forget Mall at Night. Well, she still consults on some material for the show. So one of the first things that Kate did for the A's was organizing their first ever Pride Night, a sold-out affair which took place on Wednesday that included A's Pride wristbands, a pregame party in the Eastside Club, and benefited charitable organizations Frame Time and the AIDS Project East Bay. So, in honor of Kate and her very first promotion, because Kate loves promotions, We want to revisit our story about wacky promotions this week because there were two absolutely ridiculous promotions this week that were so crazy they never even took place. The Los Angeles Angels, or as it seems they would prefer to be called, the The Angels Angels, were scheduled to host Caucasian Heritage Night through their AAA affiliate, the Orem Owls, this past week. We didn't even need to write a ridiculous summary of this promotion because the Owls did it for us with their apology statement, which I will quote. Our night was to include Wonder Bread on burgers with mayonnaise, clips from shows like Friends and Seinfeld, and trying to solve the vertical leaping challenge. We understand in light of recent tragic events that our intentions have been misconstrued. For that, we sincerely apologize. While 
I will agree with the angels that it was probably respectful to cancel this event in light of the horrible race-motivated tragedy which took place in South Carolina this week. I, I kind of think it would have been in poor taste even if that hadn't just happened. I mean, if we're playing six degrees of Kevin Bacon, how many steps do you have to take from Caucasian Heritage Night to get to White Supremacy Night? Night, spelled with a K even. I mean, when my wife and I went to Italy, we saw a restaurant serving American-style pizza, which was literally a pizza covered in hot dogs and french fries, clearly mocking them Yankees. But somehow... It's a little bit different when it's teasing Americans rather than celebrating white folks. Now, I'm sure the Orem Owls thought they were playing comfortably inside the gray area, but apparently this one was just black and white. But on top of that, we move on. The Charlotte Stone Crabs, the single-A affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays, were planning to host A-Rod's Juice Box Night when they played the Tampa Yankees on Friday night. The promotion was to include free juice boxes for all fans adorned with an inkjet printed label that read the sports drink 100% juiced side effects include tainted records, inflated ego, a mission from the hall of fame and more. The Yankees organization naturally objected and I have to agree with them because for the love of God, they spelled side effects with an A rather than an E. How are the children of America going to learn to spell if we can't rely on our baseball teams to do it right? But you know what? That's what I love about minor league baseball. When the limelight is the size of a key lime, yeah, you can get away with so much more bizarre stuff than when everyone actually cares. Maybe the All-Star Game should try that next year. And for my final story of this week 13, oh, let's go ahead and look at some what happened this past week in baseball. You know, you know, actually, I'm not even going to look at this past week in baseball. I'm going to look today, Sunday, June 21st, because let me tell you, boy, a bunch did happen. The Boston Red Sox beat the Kansas City Royals 13-2. They scored five runs in the fifth inning and three runs in the sixth inning on 16 hits to whoop up on the Royals. The Tigers blasted the Yankees 12-4. They scored four runs in the first and five runs in the sixth inning. This comes only a night after the Yankees put the hurting on the Tigers 14-3. Here's another funny one. Saturday night, the St. Louis Cardinals beat the Philadelphia Phillies 10-1. Let's go ahead and fast forward over here till Sunday. Oh, guess what? The Philadelphia Phillies beat the Cardinals 9-2. But, ladies and gentlemen, this all leads up to the final part of this. My Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, the team that I love, and the hottest team in baseball recently, winners of eight straight going back to last week. Well, this weekend, they got their butts handed to them by the Washington Nationals, the Wiggly W's, if you know what I mean. Today, they got walloped, smashed, and carried off the field all in the first inning. They ended up losing the game to the Washington Nationals 9-2. All nine runs came in the first inning. All told, 12 batters came to the plate. They had two home runs and two doubles, one of those doubles being by their pitcher, 
Gio Gonzalez. They cruise the rest of the game. Pittsburgh's pitcher, Charlie Morton, who came into the game having not lost a single game this year, made it two-thirds of an inning after facing 11 batters. Vance Worley came in to get the third out, and that, ladies and gentlemen, that right there is... The trouncing of the week. Little dude's gonna steal my job. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been another amazing week here with rounding third. Got my buddy Gavin Michael Jenkins here with me. That is true. Gavin, is there anything you want to say out there on this special day? Happy Father's Day! To everybody out there, Gavin, I know has an amazing father. John Jenkins. John Jenkins is getting the shout out today. Gavin, would you like to say anything else, buddy? I hope you guys have a wonderful um, Father's Day today. Happy Father's Day. Dude is six years old and composed like you wouldn't believe. On rounding third. What do we like to say to finish this off? Good night. Boom. Chekaleka. Good night. Bing bong. (laughs) Well done, buddy. All right, let's keep that one. The Rounding Third podcast is brought to you by producer David A. Robbins. Production in our New York studio is directed by Maggie Robbins-Bessman. Contributing writers on this week's episode of Rounding Third were Clayton Lawson and David A. Robbins. The Rounding Third theme song is used with permission from John Ross. Follow us on Twitter at RTPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rounding Third Pod, or email us at RoundingThirdPod at gmail.com. The Rounding Third podcast is available at the iTunes Store. See our Facebook page for a link to subscribe. All materials published on the Rounding Third podcast are subject to copyright, and all rights are reserved by the respective owners. Once again, I am your host, Jeff Besselman, my co-host, Gavin Michael Jenkins. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us. And I look forward to filling your mind with more baseball facts next week. Gavin?